feeling awe actually is good for your life. It makes you healthier, makes you happier. And so pickleball, I feel awe all the time. Yeah. I meet everyone I meet is, you know, got some awesome. Welcome back to the future of pickleball. We're here to talk with a mover and a shaker of the highest order. We have a man from a huge historical publishing background, came into pickleball, saw a vision, and man, is he putting it together. Let's welcome Richard Porter from In Pickleball. Richard, welcome. Hey, it's great to be here, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. How, you know, I got to tell you, I've really been looking forward to getting you on here. I, I had the first opportunity to meet some of your people in the West Coast at, at the first event that In Pickleball did, and just coincidentally, I happened to be there, loved meeting them, leading into getting to know about you guys. Would you give us a little bit of an idea, publishing the kind of magazine that In Pickleball is has been a big undertaking. Before we get into that, give me a little background as to what you did in your lifetime that led you to In Pickleball. Yeah, thanks. So my background is in media. Uh, I did start as a magazine guy. I should tell you, though, I started as a paddle guy and a tennis guy uh, when I was a kid. So I grew up in a town called Shoreham, which is out on Long Island. Shoreham and Wading River, our neighboring town, have the longest town versus town tennis match in <laughs> the country every Labor Day. Those towns play one another. So I grew up, you know, if you didn't play tennis in that town, you, you know, it's like growing up in, in uh, Texas without playing football. Forget it. Yeah. So uh, we all played. Then a, a paddle tennis or platform tennis court was built. So I have that, you know, a racket or a paddle in my hand, ping pong, Kadima on the beach. So I always, frankly, though, pickleball, I still had not really made the move as, as quickly as people like you. I had friends who did. Um, but when I heard about in pickleball being launched and as a magazine, I said, well, I sure know how to do this. My very first job in media was at a company called Ziff Davis. Bill Ziff was a billionaire twice. He sold two media companies for a billion dollars each. He did special interest sports magazine, Backpacker, Fly Fisherman, a diving magazine. And these are places where I worked and I, that's where I cut my teeth. A great training ground. And there is an aspect to special interest sports enthusiast media brands and their audiences that are consistent. Each sport is unique, but there's something universal in the passion that those players have, the people have, the information they seek, how they get it, where they get it. And of course, 2023, how you get it, where you get it has changed quite a bit. Sure. Now, in it's kind of a big leap. I mean, we go back two years in the sport of pickleball, and that's in dog years a long time. You guys had to have somebody somewhere. You had a passion and interest that was very early stage. How did that come about? We did. So there were, you know, like another others, the, the early investors were pickleball players and they were smart people and they saw where this thing was going. And they said, well, what should we do? And early days, 
because this is frankly before me. So don't give me credit for that vision, others before me. My job was to take the baton and, and, and run sure. with it. But early days, so the question was, should it be facilities? We know there's lots of people and there is a great need for more pickleball facilities, a lot of people building them. But the conversation became, let's look at the media landscape. There isn't yet today a media brand that dominates the space. If you think about um, Fox or ESPN or you know um, Better Homes and Gardens, good housekeeping, the seal of approval. Well, who's the seal of approval in pickleball today? It's a big vision and goal to be that brand. Um, so there's a lot of great media companies doing great work, not here to say they're not, they are. Um, but it's highly fragmented and it's not scaled yet. So we saw some white space. We did a lot of research actually, a lot of analysis. Um, this might interest your audience I did a, what I call a simple two-by-two. Two. If you look at people who play a sport and people who watch that sport, what sports score well in neither, both, one or the other? And so we evaluated that. Globally, the sport that gets the highest score on the two-by-two two is soccer, right? A lot of people play it, all age groups. Sure. Every country in the planet loves it and certainly will watch it. So pickleball, we know there's a huge growth in the active recreational player base in this country, in Canada, and elsewhere. It's gonna to continue to go. Watching pickleball still has work to go. We haven't had that seminal moment yet. It will come. I mean, there's such great talent out there uh, producing the content, and that is the content, whether it's players, instructors, there's just great content out there, and it's going to get better. Cool. You know, something that, something that I, I know, not being the youngest person in the game of pickleball, uh, coming from a background in, in business in the time frame that you were, we were all in the print space. We're in the, the digital world. How does, how does your media approach work in that yeah, space? Thank, because your book is beautiful. Thanks for asking. Yeah, so when we looked at how would we launch a media brand? Now, we're a startup. We, all of us need more funding, right? I don't care what company you are. Look at the tech space, all the layoffs that are happening. Sure. So nobody has enough resources, right? And, and has to watch every penny, us too. And we don't want to get a, a, a B in any class we take. We want to get straight A's. So how many classes can I take sure. to get the 4.0 average? So we took one class and it was print. We launched with print. We never planned to only be a magazine. Interesting. But to your point on the demographic, it is so funny. Only 18 months or so ago that I came into this space, the, all the data said the active recreational pickleball player was over 50. Right? That was the demographic. A lot of people joked about it's a game for old people. Well, today, that has changed so fast, sure. right? 30-year-olds, four-year-olds, kids, youth. So, um, but why did you launch with a magazine first? Well, one is brand awareness. So a print product has a coffee table impact. You can put it out somewhere, distribute it at events, sure. and it gets shared and seen, and people can spend as much time or as little time 
as they want. Video is linear, linear right? You don't get to control how long it is. Uh, I say to people, think about if someone got married and they want to show you their wedding video or their wedding album. Which would you rather see? You know the answer. It's the album because yeah. you can flip through as fast as you want, slow down if it's a picture of sure. yourself, Excellent. right? Great. But the video, you are, you're there the entire time. So if it's great content, you're thrilled. But if it's not, you don't get to control it. So print allows that. And then from a business perspective, so the branding, we got awareness in the community quite quickly. Um, we've only put out 10 issues of the magazine. It stuns people when we say that. Right. You know, if you go ask people in the community about media brands, we will be a top box response. Without they, question. They, they, they love us. Uh, kudos to uh, our content team. I mean, they, they, they own that. From a business perspective, well, in the world of digital, you know, Google is going to not allow cookies anymore, right? So targeting is going to change. A magazine gives you first-party data. We have direct access to that consumer, and we've identified that consumer. And as long as we treat them with respect mm -hmm. and we earn their trust, they'll be willing to interact with us in a lot of ways. They'll give us their phone number so we can send them texts. They'll give us their um, handles. They'll give us their uh, email addresses. And so now we can scale that relationship with great engagement any which way they want us. So this year, it's a hard tack to all mediums with as best we can do because our budgets are tight, you know. So, and like I said, I want to get straight A's. <laughs> well, you've certainly gotten straight A's today. Well, I've maybe got one A so far, you know, and that's my, our content creators. Sure. You know, Jay Armis as their creative director and her team, she put together a great team. The, my metaphor, you'll find I love metaphors. I okay. So my metaphors, we're a baby band. I worked with a company that was headquartered in Nashville, worked a lot with the music labels down there, and they were always launching baby bands, and they were great performers. You know, I would fall in love with these bands, but most of them don't make it, right? How many do? Yeah. How many ever sell a song or an album or a concert or a t-shirt? You know, most of them don't. They're playing in some back bar, and they're fabulous. Yeah. The content is terrific, but they didn't break through. So, you know, we are a baby band, but, you know, you're about my age. Do you remember the Traveling Wilburys? Oh, yeah. So oh, the yeah. Traveling Wilburys, right, were all these greats from other bands. You know, George Harrison, who was the third Beatle. He was never going to be the number one or two Beatle. Yeah. As an anonymous Traveling Wilbury, they all had fake names. You know, it was just incredible. Tom Petty, just these great musicians. So I aspire. You know, people are like, what are you trying to be? The traveling Wilburys. That's who we. That's who we aspire to be. A baby band of experienced professional journalists and uh, uh, publishers and digital people coming together and putting together some tunes, playing cool. playing the music. You know something that something that we're seeing a lot of going on as we're sitting here in the end of January at the MLP in in uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, or in Mesa, Arizona. And there's beginning to get more and more talk about our sport is developing personalities. We've got out of the, of the high-profile players that are getting television, they're getting streaming services. Is that something that factors into your approach? 
Absolutely, it does. So for us today, so our market is the active recreational pickleball player, and we want to scale to them as we have now more insights. You know, when we launched, we didn't really know. We made intelligent guesses, hopefully intelligent. They were guesses. And so as we looked at the spectrum of content that we included, mm -hmm. it's service, how to play, how to hit a shot, how to get in shape, what to eat, where to play, how to pick a partner. And then, uh, but what made our brand different was a, um, a look at stories that nobody else was telling. And most of them have an undercurrent of kindness. Give us an example of one of those. Uh, well, it's funny, because here we are in Mesa. So Gilbert, where we, you and I were gonna be in Gilbert, we're in Mesa, right next to it. Gilbert, Arizona, our very first magazine, we did a story on a guy named Carl Scholes. Carl had been a lawyer, became a school teacher and moved to Arizona. He was not well known. He didn't have the credibility yet of a trusted school teacher. He was a new guy. He saw the athletes in the school and then the intellectual, you know, I would call jocks and nerds. I don't know if that's politically incorrect to say that. Might be. I apologize if it is. But you know that these groups did not intermingle and there was some bullying sometimes. You know, bullying is sure, a big deal. Sure. So he was smart. He found an athlete who was a kind young man and he was trusted by sort of the other side. And Carl said, I know what will bring these people together. Pickleball. I'll be. So Carl bought pickleball, the athletes, didn't have a lot of experience with it, but they're athletes. They're ready to go. They're ready to try. The uh, non-athletes, if you will, could play. You know, pretty quickly, they could pick up and be decent, and yep. they all learned it together, and it bridged hmm. the gap. Now, to me, that is a fundamental experience I have had in this community. There is a current of kindness everywhere. You have been incredibly kind to me and our company. Um, you know, people who have come out for causes just to teach without asking for recompense. There's so many great stories of the wonderful people in this community. As it grows, we'll have a few bad apples, more than we do today. That's the, that's the bad news of growing. Guess what? You know, you get a few bad ones with the good ones. But I have to tell you, I think we over-index in good souls. And that matters to me, especially as a second act for me. That really matters. I want to be part of something that's doing some good, not just for ourselves, but for the community writ large. Cool. Until uh, aliens come down and attack this planet, <laughs> you know, right now, especially in sports media, everything is divisive. Uh, I like this quarterback. You like that quarterback? Let's order about, argue about who's number one, who's number two. They're both great. How about that? Yeah. Can we agree we love football, we love quarterbacks, and they're both great? Let's yeah. watch them play? Sure. You know, no, let's argue. Okay, so everything, you know, the engagement rises as the heat rises. But I think we're kind of tired about that. And so if uh, aliens came down and attacked this planet, we would all be on the same team. Russia, Ukraine, you name it, red, blue, yeah. we'd all be on the same team. I like that idea. What I say to people who don't know this community or the sport is the closest thing I know of is pickleball. 
It's yeah. the thing that it doesn't matter. We're all on the same team, really, at the end of the end of the end of the day. I've got an idea I want to run by, and I want you to hopefully carry this banner into the media that you do. I think we should identify pickleball as the joyous game or the joyful game. It is just what all of us that have come into this game, generally that is the first emotion that we have of, my goodness, the people are nice, it's a fun event. We're the joyful game or the joyous game. Can you run with me on that? Absolutely right. That's, you know, our mission is all about that joy and it's for yourself and for others. And, you know, I like to say, is there anybody who prefers losing to winning? Do you know anybody? <laughs> like that's something 100% of us agree on. Yeah. Winning is better than losing. Yeah. It just, that's a truth, right? Yeah. It seems so obvious, but it's funny to say, wow, 100%, 100%. Well, yeah, and there's joy in winning. Uh, but we've all lost along the way somewhere we can commiserate and then to help others through, you know, and like the pickleball community is there for not just for themselves, but for others. It's lifting up. It's sort of the pay it forward and the great satisfaction and joy one gets from that and sharing that joy. I love it. I got to tell you. And, you know, I've seen some of your other interviews. Uh, these people are hundred percent and with pickleball you're either at the low end you're avid that's low <laughs> at the high yeah. end you're completely obsessed yeah. there is no oh, I kind of like it there's yeah. none of that it's yeah. avid or obsessed yeah. uh, so you know I, I love that the, the chemistry that it, the you know it physically we are changed by that chemistry, right? I mean, the, the, the dopamine, it's just healthier for us. The, I just read an article, I think it's in the New York Times, about awe, feeling awe. Well, feeling awe actually is good for your life. It makes you healthier, makes you happier. And so pickleball, I feel awe all the time. Yeah. I meet, everyone I meet is, you know, got something awesome. I watch them play. Wow, look at that shot. You know, sure. the team aspect of it. And I know you're getting involved with the AAU and adding this team overlay. That, you know, let's face it, winning as a team for most of us is better than working at winning as an individual. Sure. Now, that kind of brings us up to date. So we now know how you guys got here. One of the things that we try and explore in this show is what's the future of pickleball? Anybody that has done as much as you guys have, you had to really take a hard look at a lot of different angles, different things going on, different demographics and dynamics in the yes. sport. Any, anything that you're seeing on the future that the viewers might be interested in kind of getting a, 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 a senior media person's perspective on where yeah. it's going? Well, you know, my crystal ball can be as cloudy as anybody's, but we have to take a shot at it. Yes, sir. Uh, and, you know, there's some things I would be careful about revealing if I think it's a really good idea. I don't want someone to jump on it before us for no. first mover advantage. Now, that said, uh, I can tell you that technology, so, so any media is about building audience. Well, how do you build and engage an audience? It's through content. Okay, content. What kinds of content are there? There's video. Well, now there's video, there's animation, there's 3D, there's, you know, there's, there's newsletters, there's print, there's events. You know, there's so many ways. And most of us are creating content ourselves, you know, in social platforms 
I'm not just receiving content, I create content. And I could be 16 years old and have 14 million followers. Sure. I could be a celebrity. So if you think about all of that gumbo, technology is really changing the distribution of content. Do you own the distribution or do you borrow somebody else's platform? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting decision for a media business to make. What demographics do you want to uh, engage and where would you find them? Um, in television, they call it huts. How many households using television are there at any one time? I think the whole industry got some really good learnings this past year. So uh, is your content service, instruction? Is it celebrity? Is it uh, funny? Is it serious? You know, I like to say, people say content is the king, context is the throne. Oh, interesting. Context interesting. Yeah. is the throne. So, you know, you're going to have a variety of people on these video podcasts. Some of us might end up saying some of the same things. One of your guests will say something in a much better way than I did for somebody in your audience. Content, same. Context, different. Matters. Matters a lot. So I think as we look at it, so Stephen Colbert um, recently had the first primetime broadcast television pickleball show. He's controversial for some people. Many of people would say he's funny. Could the show have been funnier? Probably. He had celebrities. Were they the biggest celebrities? No. Uh, but Colbert, what you can't deny is his passion for pickleball. It was evident. Yes. You know, so that show, over two million people watched a show with a controversial guy that <laughs> half the people probably don't like him, half do. And, uh, but uh, the content could have been a little funnier, the celebrities could be a little bigger, but add up all the rest of the audience of all the other media in Pickleball, yeah. and we don't hit two million very easily. Right. That guy did it in two hours, yeah. in one night. So it tells you something about content or con context. So maybe humor matters. Maybe celebrities matter. Uh, it's not only that, but I think we're looking at that. And this morning I was talking to a colleague. We were talking about artificial uh, intelligence. I spent a little bit of time in uh, artificial intelligence. I was on an advisory board for a startup in that space. We were looking at well, here's a question for you, Paul. Of all the different colored M&Ms, do you know what M&Ms gets the best engagement in social media? What? I don't have the faintest idea oh, well, in the world. Well, here, here's the gift to the audience. Red. The red M&M has the highest engagement. Yellow, actually the group of M&Ms, all the colors together, gets the highest engagement. If you're only going to do one color M&M in social, do red. Don't ever do yellow by itself. Yellow is an underperformer. Red and yellow together does quite nicely. Thank you very much to red. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. Color. Color is a big deal. It matters in the paper stock we invest in for our magazine because that color matters. You know, we're here at the MLP. All these logos that these teams now have, that the fact that the teams are now wearing the same colored uniforms, well, that mat they, when the MLP launched, the players could wear whatever they wanted. Now they're wearing 
uniforms. That's smart. I don't care what college you went to, what pro team you, work, work, you root for. You know your team colors, and you wear them proudly. So color matters. Artificial intelligence helps us think about what color combinations engage. It's the art meets the science. I'm an, it's a long way to answer your question. The future is art and science getting more comfortable with one another. There will always be artists who resist science. A lot of chess players said the machines are no good. For a long time, that was true. Oh, really? Guess what? Oh, I know the answer to that one. <laughs> Name a human who can beat the best computer in chess. They do not exist. Right. The machines are there. Now, a human could change the chess game. You know how a human would beat a, a computer in chess? No. Instead of putting all the pieces where they're supposed to go, you randomly distribute them. So a rook could be next to a pawn, next to the queen, and the computer now can't figure it out. So now the, humor's gonna, the human wins. So change the rules of the game. So I kind of love that tension of art and science. You've probably seen these computers that are generating content, stories, and visuals. The visuals, to me, are fascinating. You know, I said to our editor-in-chief, if we had the rights to various pickleball images and put them together, you can do a search like my friend Lee. Uh, he's a Los Angeles Kings hockey fan, and he loves Canada. His son had a shirt made for him. It's a bunch of people. Their faces are whited out. So it's four Los Angeles Kings wearing their uniform, or at least their colors, because I don't think they own the rights to the logo. Okay. But you can do the colors, which everyone knows what that is, you know, that look like hockey uniforms, and they're all paddling in a canoe, and it's obviously Canada in the background. So he mashed this up, you know, and it was totally artificial intelligence generated. So I don't think that's the only thing, but it's a thing and it's fun and look you're smiling as I as I describe it you haven't even seen the shirt but it's funny sure and you know that the humor or you know the 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 approach that a machine can take that some human hadn't thought of yet to me is great so there's a lot of ways to go animation you know you think about instruction We've got some great pros out here today. Some of them are better players than they are teachers. You know, those who can't do teach, that's me. Uh, so, uh, but some of them are great teachers. But how do you stand out from the crowd? And what is that content that's changed in a different way? Do you tell it, did you tell a story? And about these pros who need exposure, most of them have an, their own origin story that hasn't been told. Right. The audience today, if you ask 100 recreational pickleball, active pickleball players to name a pro, 8% can name one. Right. So that's interesting. It doesn't mean the pros are no good. They're great. In tennis, before Arthur Ashe, who can name a tennis player? Not many people. Who can name any pro football player from the 1950s? You can't. We're still in the early days. Some of these people will be the, a 1950s football player, ultimately. To me, Arthur Ashe begot, you know, and Billie Jean King, begot Chrissy Everett, begot John McEnroe, begot Jimmy Connors. And those personas, they're like wrestling characters. I right. mean, they're almost fictional. Sure. Right? Fantastic. We have them. They haven't been exposed yet. 
their whole dimensional stories need to be, we want to tell their stories because the, the end game for this whole industry, we need more sponsors. You know, everybody's at the end of the day has to monetize their business. Um, and, you know, the players earn money, deserve money. Uh, the sponsors are going to have to be more than just the pickleball community. It's starting to happen. Anheuser-Busch owns a pickleball team. That's, right. that's new. Yeah, I know that I had a, I had a really interesting interview that's, uh, that hasn't been released yet with a man from the sports marketing world talking in great depth about exactly that of how he sees what has to happen in pickleball to really create the distillation that these big brands can say, we're ready to go. He's absolutely right. I mean, when you think about sponsors, pickleball is growing like crazy and the engagement is growing. So as a content type, there should be brands that want to attach to the sport, especially challenger brands that need to break through. Sure. Uh, so that that's right. But if you're just a tournament or you're just a player or you're just a magazine, you're kind of a sliver of a growing but small sport today. Right. Why should a brand put their chips on the table in the world of pickleball if they're only covering one of the beachheads, right? You know, you yeah. need to cover the waterfront. So um, that challenge is we should all we're all a sliver of a sliver today. If you're a big brand, now there is a way to break through, and I will give you one announcement that we're going to do in content. Oh, good. We will celebrate the women of pickleball all year long, starting in March. We launch it with our magazine, and go from there. And there are so many great stories about women in this sport and the sport is one of the few sports that pays equal women and men with these tournaments right well that's a badge that this sport should wear proudly as you go to a big sponsor um, there's a movement there's a group called the ANA the Association of National Advertisers it's the top spenders in the in the planet I've been involved with them for 30 years or more um, they've now created something called See Her, S-E-E, -E, See Her. See Her, their job is to help all media businesses and all marketers to res respectfully represent women properly. And they've got, they actually are scoring whether you're a media business or an advertiser, are you, or a sponsor, are you representing women well? You know, the full dimension of them. Are you inclusion, you know, inclusive? Are you respectful? So that's a big goal. And they have more and more members lining up to be a part of that. So we think we can be the tip of the spear celebrating the women of pickleball. You could be a player. You could be an instructor. You might have launched a paddle. You might have launched apparel. You might have created a tournament. You might be a referee. You know, you could sure. be, you know, or and you we've might. We've got ladies in the sport that all are involved. All involved and smart and passionate and leading with great stories because it seems to me pickleball is doing more of that respectful communication than a lot of other industries do. Well, on that theme, one of the things that I have been saying to people for the decade or more that I've been in the sport is is it strikes me that pickleball is the closest gender neutral game that there is to play. 
Um, I've pitched to women's um, athletic directors to promote pickleball in, in high schools and in colleges, and they could, they could have a woman be the number one player on their team, not as a woman, but just as a player. We're so close in skill set. I think that's a great theme. I think there'll be a lot of interest. Now, when will that first be visible? Uh, on or about April 1. Okay, very cool. So yeah. in pickleball, April 1, the women's theme. Celebrate the women of pickleball yeah. all year long and maybe beyond in every platform we have, whether it's our magazine, our newsletter, or our website. We'd love to burn a lot of conversations already about partnering uh, with other folks. To, to me, you know, it's what your friend is talking about. How do we bond together? Well, right now, for sure, all boats rise with the tide. We shouldn't be slitting each other's throats. We can do that later. You know, right yeah. now, let's all build it together. It's still early days. They call it the wild, wild west. You hear that a lot in the yes, sports. Or the wild, wild west. So, you know what I'm looking for? The golden spike. <laughs> oh, perfect. Perfect. The golden spike. Yeah. And whether the west gets there before the east, you know, it's funny that there's a guy named Durant who's now invested in a pickleball team. A guy named Durant was the guy who built one of the railroads oh. going across, you know, and putting before that golden spike. So, yeah, I think we should all get behind the golden spike. So it all comes together. It's starting to happen. You can feel it. Um, and, you know, advertising age said pickleball was one of the top marketers of 2022. The sport was yep. the top marketer. Well, in pickleball, didn't make that happen. I'd like to think we pitched in. We get an assist, you know, but PPA, APP, you know, other media companies. Like, look, everybody lifted this up. The celebrities that came in to buy teams, that certainly helped. It's not that long ago that people were making fun of pickleball right. and making fun that it was an old guy's sport. Right. Well, no, it's great fun for everybody. And suddenly, uh, the Washington Post, I think, called it a, a, the, one of the top ten, you know, uh, trends. Uh, oh yeah. We so here we are. Third-party endorsement matters. Right. I have been proselytizing, evangelizing pickleball f for now, 18 months, knocking on the doors of major marketers, saying, "Hey, you know what?" are you looking for as a brand? What do you want to associate your brand with? Uh, does growth matter to you? Health? It's healthy. It's fun. It's inclusive. It's friendly. It's welcoming. You know, are there any attributes I've named so far that are a negative sure. for you, for your brand? No. Then it's the demographic, right? So if we have a senior tour, there might be brands that only want to reach seniors. That might be something for them to slice off. Sure. The AAU, that would be brands that care about fam young families mostly. There's plenty. And, you know, the whole sport is still growing but small enough that for some brands, you can sponsor the whole thing. It's a rounding error in their budgets. It's not hard for them to do. So now as we... As we get through this, some of the things that I've had great fun talking with people that have sat in the chair you're in is in your Richard Porter crystal ball um, in fantasies, what, what is your vision of what do you think you'd like to see pickleball become in a perfect world? Well, I, I 
the kindness, the fun, the joy, your word, that spirit of community. You, you know, I, I was trained, I went to the Center of Creative Leadership in Boulder, Colorado years ago. They talk about concentric circles of value that make a life meaningful. It starts with your own personal health. Pickleball is great for that. Whether it's your physical health, your emotional health, your, your intellectual health, maybe your spiritual health. That's all internal to each of us. From there, it's your family. From there, it's your friends, your community. From there, it's your globe. And so most of us are investing along those circles somewhere along the way. In the world of pickleball, I see it everywhere I go. People care about their own personal health. They care about their families, their friends, their community, and beyond. So, you know, yeah, and, and it's a healthy, fun way to do it. So to me, that's the vision. That's the mission. That's where we're headed globally. You know, China and India are two pretty good-sized countries, last I heard. Uh, I think they actually are used to having paddles in their hand. In China, what's the game called? Table tennis, ping pong, there something like that. Yeah. A lot of those people, uh, you know, squash players. You know, I used to play squash too. Uh, you know, so there are uh, other sports that took it, you know, a certain way. We all stand on the, the shoulders of those who came before us. You know, guys like you were here before guys like me. Whatever I accomplish personally is due largely to people like you, you know. So I couldn't, couldn't have gotten where uh, we wanted to go without friends and ambassadors that kind of get your vision, trust that you're a, a good guy from a good organization, sure. you're trying to, you know, do well by doing good. Because if we grow all that, and I believe kindness will beat divisiveness at the end what a great theme always yeah always and this sport has that right so we is will there be co-opetition co you know competition but it's co-opetition sure and it's great to see you know look people are out here this weekend losing some close matches i watched them streaming on the airplane flying in uh and you know it, those are tough losses oh but, it is but they don't throw their if they're doing it it's behind the scenes they're so polite and kind to one another they're all in it to you know they're all lifting the sport together so and it is life yeah yeah we don't win them all no that's so. right so i think to me that's it as a as a leading business person with a company that's got investors you know i've got stakeholders i have to make sure I deliver for all the stakeholders, whether it's an employee, certainly a customer, whether it's a sponsor advertiser or a, a reader or a viewer, right? A consumer customer or a business customer or a partner or a financial stakeholder uh, or a retailer, like any stakeholder that I'm with. And certainly, uh, you know, I used to work for private equity. They would say, if you say $10 on Monday, don't show up with $9 on Tuesday. They didn't yell at me, but it was pretty clear, yeah. you know, what the mission was. So right. that's a thread that right. for, for a, a, a podcast like this, I think is important to be sure is touched upon because it's real. Everybody here 
needs to make profit or we can't continue doing what we're doing unless you're so wealthy it's just fun fantastic now for any of you that aren't so wealthy that it doesn't matter <laughs> think if you have not seen in pickleball magazine and now is that available digitally yet? oh yeah in pickleball.com uh, there's an e-newsletter e you can sign up the magazine in print you pay for sure the magazine digital is free the website is free the e-newsletter is free and you know you'll see us doing some more things sure. but we're going to partner our way to a lot of it because i want to get straight a's and any dollar we put into building something ourselves you know our investors deserve to understand cool how that's going to pay off Richard, you've made a great case for, the, for the, the heart and soul of what you guys have been trying to put together. You know, one of the things that we all see in the sport of pickleball is this friendliness and the community and, and the, the atmosphere that's generally there. Let's really stay on top of it. Richard, I want to thank you so much for being with us here today. It's been a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Porter from In Pickleball Magazine. Look at it. It'll blow your mind. <music>